slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Price. Another spectacular stop. Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. How sweet it is. Islanders down the Boston Bruins by a final score of 6-2. to two. They win the series in six games and will take on the defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning in the conference final. First time the Islanders are in the conference final in back-to-back years since 1983 and 1984. By the way, they won the Stanley Cup in 83, made it all the way to the finals in 84. We'll break down the win over Boston, start to peak ahead at the Tampa Bay Lightning, and a whole lot more to discuss on today's show. This episode is brought to you by Stat Hero, the first ever daily fantasy sports book that gives the player the advantage. Go to stathero.com slash locked on for 300% back on your first play. Islanders, six. Bruins, two. Brock Nelson, two goals in the game to help the Islanders with the win. But this, more than anything, was an all-out team effort, and it showed. We're going to break it all down for you from the opening face-off to the final handshake celebration. And I got to give credit where credit is due. The old barn was truly rocking for the Islanders, and it was a beautiful sight to see. Let's uh, say this. If there's something Islanders related on your mind, you have a question, a comment, a topic that you'd like to discuss, feel free to send us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI, and uh, we'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and as always, I'll be live tweeting during every Islanders game. So the Islanders get it done, and they get it done in typical Islanders fashion, and that was the beautiful thing about it. Every player on the roster made a contribution, and I think the one statistic that is telling above all, and there were a lot of interesting, you know, statistics and angles you could look at, but at the end of the day, here's the deal. The Boston Bruins were held to 25 shots on goal in this entire game. And after their second and final goal of the contest, they went a lot of time without a shot on goal. Think about this. The second goal by Brad Marchand came with 14 minutes 
and 22 seconds left in the game, and I don't think the Bruins had another shot uh, until maybe the final minute of the game. And the Islanders in that third period played spectacular team defense. That goal by Marshawn came on the power play. It was after a foolish penalty by uh, Matt Martin. He was going for the puck. He got the skates of uh, the opposing player. And as a result, you know, uh, that was Jared Tenorti. And as a result, Boston gets a power play. They cash in. But after that, the Islanders quickly, efficiently, and smartly would clear the puck out of the zone and clogged up the neutral zone. And if Boston did get the puck into the Islanders' zone, they were kept on the perimeter. The Islanders collapsed down on the puck, protected their own goal. They were physical when they needed to be, but didn't take penalties, except, again, that one by Matt Martin that was clearly not intentional. And then, uh, anytime the Islanders got the chance, they dumped the puck into the Bruins' zone, and then forechecked and kept it there without taking chances. You know, they weren't trying to make fancy plays in this game, but they were being smart. And that, realistically, is the key to the entire game, being smart with the puck. And I'm going to basically say that that period was an Islanders if you had to script what, you know, describe what Islanders hockey is and script out how you wanted a, a period to go when you're entering the period with a three-goal lead 20 minutes away from eliminating a very tough, very good Boston Bruins team, the Islanders did exactly what you wanted them to do. And that was the beautiful thing about this game. Four block shots each for Ryan Pulak and Adam Pellick. Three block shots each for Scott Mayfield and Nick Letty. Again, a team effort all the way around. Two players in this game were a plus four for the Islanders. Jean-Gabriel Pajot, who had two assists and was a plus four. And Scotty Mayfield, who again, had four hits, played very well, got the job done, no goals, no assists, but a plus four, four hits, three block shots, and 22 minutes, eight seconds of ice time, and, you know, everybody did their part, and you look at the ice time, and Barry Trotz, again, rationing that ice time, the five of the six defensemen were between 19 52 and 22, uh, 23-21 in ice time. The only one who was a, a, a little short-shifted, who didn't get as much ice time, is Noah Dobson, who was out there for 11 minutes and 11 seconds. But, wow, did the Islanders just do what they needed to do in this game. It was sweet, it was beautiful, and the crowd was electric. You could feel from the moment that the National Anthem was sung, and, you know, Nikki Revive is singing the National Anthem, and then she just puts the mic down, holds it up, 
lets the crowd sing the anthem. The atmosphere was electric. It was magical. And it never let up throughout the hockey game. So one more glorious moment at the old barn. And hopefully there are some more still to come. Islanders eliminate the Bruins playing Islanders hockey, Barry Trotz hockey, New York Saints hockey, if you want to call it that. But at the end of the day, a victory for the New York Islanders. They win the series four games to two and will now face the Tampa Bay Lightning for the second straight year in the conference finals. It should be one heck of a series and we'll break it all down for you. We'll talk more about this game. We'll start to peek ahead. We've got our Islanders birthday of the day. Lots more to discuss on this victory edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islander fans, today's episode is brought to you by Stat Hero. Do you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance. Introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. Name your stakes. Winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You are in total control. Stat Hero is the DFS is DFS the way it was meant to be, one on one. So play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com/lockedon. Sign up for free and right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. To go to stathero.com/lockedon. That's stathero.com/lockedon. Today's episode is also brought to you by Wealthfront. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. There are no manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion worth of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. All you need is $500 to get started, grow your wealth the easy way, and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL and get started today. So again, just to uh, reiterate how great a team performance that was by the Islanders. In the third period, when you knew Boston was desperate, they came into the period down three goals, needing to get three to tie it and force overtime, and they were held to five shots on goal for the entire third period. That was Islanders hockey at its finest, and I'll tell you something right now, that was a beautiful performance And if the Islanders can keep playing that style of hockey, they are going to be in very good shape 
because that's what they need to do in order to win hockey games. Got to give credit to Brock Nelson. He had the two goals, and and for Brock, you know, he had struggled a little bit with scoring uh, earlier, and, you know, four shots on goal in this game, the two goals, and just smart uh, hockey overall. And again, you know, so many little things were done the right way. The Islanders did stay out of the box predominantly. Uh, Boston, both of their goals were on the power play. That power play is dangerous, but they had three power plays in the game. Two of them came together to create a five-on-three. The Islanders killed off the first, couldn't hold them off for the second, and then, of course, the early third-period goal, both of them by Marchand. So, the penalty kill needs a little work. The Islanders had only one power play in this game, and they really didn't do much with it. And I will say this, Bruce Cassidy, who, as I mentioned in yesterday's podcast, was really jockeying for sympathy from the officials. I think he got a little bit of it. Now, again, the Islanders, you know, John Gabriel Pajot had a little late hit uh, to the head of McAvoy, and that wasn't called, so again, there were, again, penalties on both sides that could have been called, that weren't called, but I think overall, after giving the Bruins, you know, a little bit of the benefit of the doubt early on with that five-on-three, things pretty much evened out as far as the penalties were concerned, and the Islanders were able to do what they needed to do. How about the, this stat, takeaways in the game? Islanders 9, Bruins 3, 9 to 3, and again, it's just those those little things that you do that show you want it, 23 block shots for the Islanders, and then, you know, uh, little things, Casey Sezikis, 7 out of 11 face-off wins, uh, Travis Zajac with a big goal, Kyle Palmieri with a big goal, anybody want to question that trade now? that the Islanders have successfully gone on this long playoff run and gotten back to the conference final, and both Palmieri and Zajac have been contributors. Josh Bailey, uh, again, a beautiful pass to set up one of the Brock Nelson goals. And, And those goals, you know, again, set up off of turnovers. The Islanders controlled center ice for large portions of this game, and the result was a victory. And, you know, the Bruins had a lot of chances down low. I would say they had seven or eight quality chances from the high traffic areas, but Simeon Varlamov got the job done, and Varley has earned, uh, again, the idea that he will continue to be the team's goalie. And, and I'll have to say this, uh, uh I doubt, unless Travis Zajac stumbles at this point, that the Islanders will go back to Oliver Wallstrom right away. We may still see Wallstrom later on in the playoffs, whether they need a little offensive boost or whether someone gets hurt or whatever the case may be, but I think we're sticking with Zajac until there's a reason not to. And Barry Trotz, you know, this game was more of a Travis Zajac kind of game. Even if you take the goal out of it, Zajac, more physical, bigger, 
in size, uh, experienced, able to make those smart defensive plays that you need, and absolutely belonged in this game. Ryan Pulak with the goal, uh, an empty netter, but Pulak and Pelek did their job. No even strength goals for the Bruins, and anything the perfection line did, again, was only on the power play, and it was the Pajot line, which is Pajot, Palmieri, and Zajac, along with Pelek and Pulak, that was there to shut down the perfection line and get the job done. It's like, you know what? Every Islander line, every Islander player had a role to play in this win, and all of them did what they were supposed to do. Andy Green made some very smart veteran plays to clear pucks out from in front of the Islander's zone. Matt Martin, yes, he took the one bad penalty but made a number of other smart plays. Leo Komarov, three hits uh, for the Islanders. And again, just smart hockey up and down the lineup. Cal Clutterbuck, the empty net goal, the hits. Everybody played, not didn't try to do too much, didn't give a, half, uh, a half-hearted effort. At the end of the day, this team, well-coached, did what they were supposed to do. They knew what they needed to do, and they executed it well against a tough and determined opponent, and that's how you win in the playoffs. And this system, this style of play that the Islanders play all year round really paid dividends for the team this time around. When we come back, we've got our Islanders' birthday of the day, a Stanley Cup winner with the Islanders, and a very popular player at that. We'll also start to look ahead to the Tampa Bay Lightning and the conference final. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is also brought to you by rockauto.com. Look, I am not a car expert. I'm a hockey expert. So when I need auto parts, I hate going into the store hoping they have parts that are good. You, 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 they, you, they get asked all kinds of intimidating questions. And you hope that the storefront and the person behind the counter has the best parts for you, but you don't know. Well, that is not a problem with rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. And you can choose auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, they can get everything you need in a few easy clicks and it's delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Time now for our Islanders birthday of the day. A very happy 59th birthday to former Islanders forward Brent Sutter. Sutter born June 10th, 1962 in Viking, Alberta. Drafted by the Islanders in the first round. 17th overall back in 1980. And uh, joined the Islanders late in the 80-81 season. Uh, Became a full-time Islander the following year. Split that year actually with Lethbridge 
of the Western Hockey League and the Islanders and scored 21 goals in 43 games, was a member of the Islanders' final two Stanley Cup winning teams and stayed with the Islanders through the 1991-92 season and then finished up his career with the Chicago Blackhawks. Sutter played 1,111 NHL games, 363 goals, 829 points, and played another 144 playoff games, then went on to coach uh, in the NHL with both the New Jersey Devils and the Calgary Flames, uh, and was coaching uh, with Red Deer, the Red Deer Rebels, uh, in the Western Hockey League up until last season, and, uh, you know, again, uh, a, a good hockey mind, a physical two-way forward who is capable of putting the puck in the net. We're going to go back and look at one of Sutter's better games as an Islander. Uh, October 23rd, 1984, at the Old Barn, the Nassau Coliseum. Islanders in the Vancouver Canucks. Frank Caprice in goal for the Canucks. Uh, and Roland Melanson gets the start for the Islanders, and the Canucks came out firing, and Roland Melanson didn't last very long. First period, three goals for the Canucks, one by Tony Tonti, one by Patrick Sundstrom, and one by Stan Smeal, and it was 3-0 Vancouver after one. Well, the Islanders got on the board in the second period with Garth Butcher off for hooking Brent Sutter, our Islanders' birthday of the day, got his fifth from Tomas Janssen, and it was 3-1, but Rick Lands scored to make it 4-1 midway through the second period uh, with Dwayne Sutter in the box for holding. That was a power play goal. But the Islanders got back into the game, made it a 4-2 hockey game in the final 10 seconds of the period. Mike Bossy on the power play, his 11th from John Tonelli and Tomas Janssen. It was 4-2 Vancouver after two. But the Islanders had a strong third period. Tomas Janssen scored. Brent Sutter and Dennis Potvan with the helpers at 7.45. And suddenly it was a 4-3 game. And then Brent Sutter, our Islanders' birthday of the day, ties the game at 11.36 of the period. John Tonelli and Dennis Potvan with the assists. It's a 4-4 game. The Canucks took the lead 5-4 on a goal by Patrick Sundstrom. But then Brent Sutter completes the hat trick, his seventh. From Janssen and Bossy at 13:15, Pat LaFontaine adds an insurance goal at 18:53. Paul Boudelier and Dwayne Sutter on the helpers. Islanders skate away with a 6-5 win over the Vancouver Canucks in this one. A hat trick plus an assist for Brent Sutter. He had six shots on goal in this game. And the Islanders ended up with a 6-5 win. Again, a very happy birthday to Brent Sutter, one of the famous Sutter brothers of Viking Alberta. He is 59 years old today, and hopefully uh, the Islanders can add another Stanley Cup to their collection. They haven't won one since Brent Sutter was a player with the Islanders. So let's take a little look ahead at the Tampa Bay Lightning, because they are one heck of a, of a good hockey team, and it is going to be a, a difficult task to beat the defending Stanley Cup champion, 
Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, that doesn't mean it's impossible, because this Islander team has shown they can play with anybody and adjust to any style. The key, however, with the Tampa Bay Lightning is that this team is in better shape in the playoffs than they were the regular season, and that is because some of their players got who missed the entire regular season have gotten healthy, and that makes a difference. Now, in the regular season, the Lightning finished with only four more points than the Islanders. And, you know, that's not that big of a difference. But when you look at the playoffs, they have a couple of players on the postseason roster who weren't there during the regular season. Guys like Steven Stamkos, for example, who, you know, was hurt, came back, and has 13 points in 11 playoff games. Braden Point, who Islander fans remember from last year, eight goals in 11 games. Alex Kalorn, 12 points in 11 games. And, of course, Victor Hedman, who went second overall in that draft where the Islanders had the first pick and took some guy named John Tavares. Obviously, the goaltending of Andre Vasilevsky, always difficult. He has a 2-2-4 Goals against average and a 934 save percentage so far in these playoffs. And again, uh, Tampa Bay 8 and 3 in these playoffs. The Islanders are 8 and 4. So uh, again, this is going to be a very interesting playoff series. And the Islanders have a chance to get some revenge for last year's playoff ouster at the hands of the Lightning, and a chance to advance to the Stanley Cup Final for the first time since 1984. So, big time for the New York Islanders, great time to be an Islanders fan, and so happy to uh, have you along with us as the Islanders take this exciting and heroic ride through the Stanley Cup playoffs. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Don't forget, tonight, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, I will be on the Locker Room app for some Locked On Islanders chat. That should be fun and exciting. Looking forward to it, so please join us for that. And... Starting tomorrow, uh, and we do have a new show every morning, Monday through Friday. They drop a little after midnight, 12.30 a.m. We will start previewing that Lightning series in depth. We'll follow us on Twitter. We'll update you as soon as the schedule is released. And, wow, the Islanders in the conference finals, in the final four for the second straight year. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Stay safe, everyone. Have a great day. And, of course, let's go, Islanders.